Today's podcast is brought to you by the Stealthy Hunter Hunt Harvest Health swag. Yes, folks, we finally have our own clothing line. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't really call it a clothing line. We no, have t-shirts not, and hats. It's not a clothing line. It's, it's a shirt and it's a hat. <laughs> and pretty soon there'll be a couple more shirts, but that's about it. Well, it's a fashion. It's all about fashion with you hunters. You know, you got to have the right hat and the right shirt on Apparently. or else those animals, they just don't come running towards you. If you have the Stealthy Hunter hat on with the Hunt Harvest Health shirt, you'll be styling out there in the hills. Right, babe? I guess. Yeah, you will be. Okay. If any of you know Stealthy Hunter and his prowess out there in the mountains... When he has his own logoed shirt on, let me tell you, the elk are going to get huge out there. So don't get too jealous. If you have your Stealthy Hunter shirt on, <clears throat> those big animals might find you okay, too. Okay, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> okay, so go to HuntHarvestHealth.com swag to see all the designs that we have for both men and women. You can also get a promo code if you sign up for our Stealthy Hunter newsletter. You can find plenty of places to do that on the website. And get a little bit of a discount. Just to kind of explain it. So you order now. It's going to be a little bit before they come in. We haven't actually got these shirts in, but uh, they'll be coming in here in, I think, a couple of weeks. So Yeah, we call this a pre-sale. So we're getting our orders in. And once we get ours, you guys will be getting yours. It just helps us to see, you know, how the orders move, what sizes we need to stock yeah, in the we're future. we're totally new at this. I have no idea, like, how many people are in a certain size, large. Yeah. So we're doing the pre-sale to kind of figure out how many XLs, mediums we got to get. Yeah. And it's, uh, uh, yeah, never thought we'd be tackling stuff right. in clothing, but so if you already if you already purchased some, don't think we're ignoring you and not sending your your <laughs> swag to you. It will be coming to you as soon as we can get it here, get it in bags, and get it off. So um, international, I've had a lot of international requests. And I'm still working on that. So if you're international and you want some swag, uh, Jeez, where did we get personal message us on Instagram or email us at lampers at stealthyhunter.com and tell me where you live and I'll find where out how much it'll cost. the last one we got? Some guy was asking. Was he from Australia? Like, no, there was another one. Canada? Not Canada. Is there another place? There was another one that was way somewhere. I don't know. Ukraine? Some Tasmania or something. Oh, Tasmania. Is well, Tasmania is in Australia. It's yeah, part of Australia. Was. Yeah, so see Mr. Tasmania. I won't say your name on, on, on here, but you got a shout out. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. That sounds awesome. I've, I've, seen, I've heard about Tasmania and I've seen it in movies and it looks like a beautiful island to live on. So anyways, huntharvesthealth.com slash swag and get your fashion on. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking to three guys who, um, who, well, I met one of the guys and, um, is in a trade to hunt, I think about a year ago. And then uh, from that relationship, uh, met these other guys, got to talk to them up at the Northwest Mountain Challenge and shoot with them for the day. And and uh, I knew they had drawn a unit down in Nevada where I had drawn. So um, I was pretty excited to kind of meet up with them. And and uh, we all met out out in 
now or was it more North Bend or is it close to Issaquah, Washington, and uh, sat down and got to talk about the whole hunt, which is kind of what I wanted to do this time of year. If, if I'm not telling stories, which I'd rather not tell my stories, I'd rather hear from other people's stories. But um, you know, I think there's a lot of a lot of insight um, listening to these guys and, you know, all the struggles they went through and, and what they learned. Um, you know, they've got experience, but not a ton of it. And so they're still learning and they're, you know, they know that. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool to watch guys, uh, go into a state like Nevada and, and hit all those, those blocks and those, those, you know, it's, it's not easy no matter where you are. It's not easy. Um, bow hunting for, for a mule there and um jeff lusk paul haller and eric porcelain were were uh kind enough to sit down with me and we just go through everything from start to finish on uh, drawing the tag and and what happened in the end so um all right well i know you're not going to share your story which everybody's going to be <laughs> super disappointed about right now but don't worry folks it'll be showing up at some point here i'll talk about it eventually i guess you can find this podcast show notes at huntharvesthealth.com slash podcast slash hunt wild howdy folks today we are going to be talking with some fellas that uh that had a little hunt going on down in Nevada at the same time that I was down there. Uh, we got Jeff Lusk, Paul Holler, Eric Forslin, and myself. So we're going to uh, just kind of do a little recap. I'm pretty excited to hear this story. I haven't heard the entire story yet. So I uh, wanted to get you guys on here and, and just kind of just kind of talk about it, go through it, and see uh, all the lessons learned and all the hardships you guys had. So um, this is one of those things that I've been looking forward to doing since we started this podcast is talk to hunters. Um, you know, it, we've, we've done a lot of podcasts with health issues and training and prep and all that kind of stuff. And man, we're in a hunting season now. So finally get to sit down with guys like you and just talk hunting stories. So, um, yeah, let's start over there, Jeff. Let's give everybody just kind of a rundown of who you are. Well, I'm Jeff Lusk. Uh, born and raised in Washington, uh, didn't grow up hunting, grew up fishing a lot. Um, nobody in my family did any hunting pretty much at all. Um, so by the time I could beg the neighbor to take me down to the sportsman club to get my hunting license, that's, that's what I did. I was 10 years old. Um, and as soon as I could drive, I bought a dog, started bird hunting a lot, traveling, doing as much fishing as I could and soaking it all in. And, uh, just kind of evolved from there, you know, bought a bow, started bow hunting. Um, then eventually you just kind of want more and more. So you, you, you crave the backcountry hunt if that's what you want, or maybe it's sitting in a tree stand for 12 hours, which I absolutely hate, but I'll do because <laughs> it's, it's a mental game. And I think that makes us all better too. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of led me here to these guys right here. We're all kind of on the same path. We all kind of have the same mindset. We're all pretty much in the same position so it's pretty cool yeah i'm paul haller uh born and raised here in washington living cleelum um and pretty much the same what jeff said i i wouldn't say grew up hunting but i followed my dad and my older brother around quite a bit and then by the time i was i think 13 14 got my hunter's license and started that route with chasing deer and elk and birds and so on and did that all through high school 
never got real serious about it until I kind of linked up with Eric. We went to high school together. Um, and once we kind of started putting our minds together and then introduced Jeff into the group is really when things started to take off. And that's where we're at now is we're just getting started and I don't think we could be any happier with it. Cool. Yeah. And I'm Eric Forsland. I grew up in uh, Snoqualmie, Washington. And I uh, started hunting when I was eight years old with my dad, chasing him around Moses Lake, uh, pheasant hunting and doing lots of deck hunting. And then in high school is when I started uh, getting into bow hunting, bought my first bow on a camping trip in Montana, actually, when I was 15 and uh, chased whitetails. And then, uh, yeah, kind of after in college and after college, met up with Paul and we started hunting together around here, chasing uh, West Side bulls. And then, uh, gosh, three years ago, three, four years ago is when we met up with Jeff and started hunting Idaho and getting out there doing the out-of-state stuff and uh, been a learning process. It's Spent been some awesome. time chasing blacktop bulls is what we used to call them. Exactly, you know, yes. In between yep. housing developments and anytime yeah. there was public land somewhere surrounded by private land. Blacktop bulls. Yeah, bulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, But yeah, it's been great. Got a great crew of guys we hunt with and uh, definitely looking forward to the future. It's getting better every year and learning tons. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah you guys got a <clears throat> pretty go- cool thing going. Um, in fact, I think we all have the same hat on. <laughs> different colors <laughs> yep. yeah, different yep. uh hunt wild tell me a little bit about what you guys got going on there um you know you see a lot of people that start pages up mm-hmm. and outdoor things and it's cool a lot of people try to push it for sponsors and that kind of stuff and they think if they video with everything then people will just jump in their lap but really this is just for us yeah it's it's a it's a brand for us i don't really care past that what it does um Something that if, you know, if we put a film together and instead of, you know, the four names or three names or whatever we do together, we just put Hunt Wild and it, and it it's for us. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And you guys do, Jeff, I know you do a lot of videos. Um, I've seen a lot of your videos in the past and they're pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I got to say they're unique. They're pretty creative. Um, is that something you guys are going to be doing a lot of with all your hunts? Are you guys going to be videoing? Yeah. We're hoping to do... Two to three a year, wow, which cool. is a lot for yeah. us. I think it's a lot um, of editing, man. Yeah, luckily I've got a great <laughs> is that friend. You? No. Yeah, for being honest, it's a lot for Jeff. Yeah. Eric, Eric and I kind of lucked out in the fact yeah. that he was kind of going that route when we met up with him, and so we're lucky because we get a star in a lot of the videos, but we don't put as much work into them. And <laughs> so we're, we're working on yeah. that is trying to get better at we're filming learning. and by working on it. That means and... they take ten pictures of hunt. <laughs> ten pictures of hunt. <laughs> I download a lot of yeah. uh, editing apps on yeah. my iPhone. That's that's me working on it. Yeah, we're working yeah. on it. It's a lot of work. It's pretty crazy. Me taking a picture and looking at what Jeff takes of the same thing. It's amazing how much better his stuff looks. So. Yeah, yeah. It's a good guy to learn from for sure. So it's a dedication, and I think we all have a lot to go, a lot to learn. Yeah, but I mean, even like day two, three, when we weren't seeing a lot of bucks on this hunt. Fast forward, but you kind of ditch that, and you're like, okay, I got to go in hunt mode for a second, yeah. otherwise. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. So it's hard. You got to keep to the camera. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I could see, I could see that happening. I, I'm terrible about filming anything. And so, uh, <laughs> I think what you guys had with this hunt, especially, um, one guy had a tag, uh, Jeff, you went down there to help and film and photo and all that. I'm, I'm guessing, but, uh, that's kind of the ideal situation. Cause when you're hunting, if you would have had a tag, yeah, How totally much time different. do you want to spend thinking about your yeah. camera and angles and being creative? Yeah. And we thought he was maybe going to draw one in that second draw, too. Yeah. And after, we're like, man, 
It feels good just to like go. It took Paul. three minutes and for me to be upset. And yeah. I was like, now this is a better idea. <laughs> yeah, we got a text from him that said he didn't draw, and the next text was about how he was so excited to go down and just be able to spend time behind a yeah. a camera and really capture this. And what's funny is because he says he's going to spend time behind the camera, which he does, but he also spots three quarters of the bucks that we end up seeing. <laughs> right. So right. it works out pretty good. That's yeah. a good guy to have with you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll uh, start off by talking about the tag. Um, you know, we, we all kind of found out, I think same day, um, a while back, uh, we all drew, well, Paul, you and I drew the same unit yep. in Nevada. Uh, I don't remember when those came out. It was a while back, but, uh, it was May, May, May. yeah, coming back from a bear hunt. Yeah. So it would have been close to Memorial Day weekend. Cause we were coming back from a bear hunt in Coeur d'Alene and we were actually sitting, right. at, we were sitting in mod pizza. Um, and I didn't even check my phone. I know these guys were we're big into trying to figure out when results were coming and I'd never put in for it before. And I know, was that your first time putting in Jeff? Yeah. For yeah Nevada. Eric's put in a few times and he's yeah. drawn before. And so we we're like, Oh, maybe we'll have a good chance. And Jeff was actually the one that found your name. And then he looked over at me and he goes, dude, you, you just drew Nevada. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh man. That's yeah, when draw awesome. draws come out. It's like Christmas morning. Yeah. I think yeah. we were high fiving and cheering and everybody in that place was looking at us like, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, um, did you guys have a strategy as far as who, what you were, what units you were putting in for when you picked Nevada? Uh, I yeah. didn't, but I just listened to what these two pretty much yeah. said. So just going for any unit. We went for mostly, mostly public land. First yeah. of all, yeah. we looked on uh, go hunt a lot, checking through, um, easy to draw because mm-hmm. anything in Nevada is going to be better than what we see over here for the most part. Um, and then we went for as much roadless or wilderness we could do so we could be away from, you know, the, the vast majority of people. Right. Eric puts a ton of work into that. I don't know what his process is. Yeah. I just kind of, I use all their filters on there and just kind of figure out what else, a lot of public land and then kind of that mix between draw results, roadless and all that stuff. And then with Nevada, obviously the way their draw system works, I go, okay, what's going to be just going for it, maybe get lucky for the first couple. And then some ones that'll be okay. If we draw this, it'll be a good hunt. If we hunt hard, we can see some deer and, and all that. So I think what was it probably your third or fourth choice? I know our first I think it was two, my fourth choice. it was shooting for the stars. And we, I think we all put in for the same thing. Yeah, we did. One, well, two, three, and four. We didn't realize how Nevada worked. That was the unit we wanted. Right. I mean, we weren't shooting for the stars at that point, but that's the unit we wanted. And then we found out we could put it as our third or fourth pick. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. Oh, let's put it for these other ones too, you know? So, yeah. man, that is, that is so familiar. That's exactly how my process worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through all the filters on Go Hunt. Go Hunt's just made it super easy. Yeah. Like you said, you can put in the public land thing, you can put in the percentages, the higher percentages, um, all this kind of stuff, and, and put it in, and it kind of spits out the units that align with what you're looking for and makes yeah. it really, really nice um, compared to back in the day, which I love research and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. This just makes it to where it's not as much time invested in, mm-hmm. in research. And so, uh, you Definitely. know, it makes my wife happier. I'm not just getting <laughs> down to a desk, pouring over maps and, and, uh, internet sites. So yeah, yeah, that was mine. Um, strategy as well is knowing how Nevada works with that five, you know, five draws. They basically just pull a number. Yeah. And um, you might as well shoot for the stars in your first two or three. Yeah. Um, and then four or five, get something in there where you just, if you really want to hunt That's anywhere, yeah. just put yeah. it at, throw it out there. And that was yeah. my fourth choice, um, that unit as well. I shot for the stars and, you know, put in for the unit I'd drawn last year and all that. 
And then uh, the last two were just, I really wanted to hunt the unit we drew. That was my driving back last year. I, I just kind of recognized something in that range. It just looked right. You know, just, it was close enough. It looked pretty good. And, and that's what I went for. And then, uh, you know, my fifth choice was, you know, a little even higher odds than that. So I just figured I went into it, even though it was maybe only what 30, 40% chance of drawing. Yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah. I just felt like that's good enough. I'm going to draw that. It's an August thing. hunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's an August yeah. hunt. It, it opens it up. And, um, I can't believe there was actually leftover tags this year. There's something yeah. like 45 extra tags. So yeah. I can't believe you didn't get drawn really? in that yeah. second draw. Interesting. Yeah. I talked to some guys back there and they drew it in the second draw, all three of them. So, huh. wow. Yeah. But, I can't uh, even draw a multi season deer tag. So, wow. <laughs> that'll, I thought that that'll was 100%. Tell you that. Maybe next I year I'll so get too. lucky. Two years yeah. in a row. Zip yeah. up. I think I've drawn that like eight years in a row. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't draw the elk multi-season to save my life, but yeah, deer for sure. <laughs> so cool. So you guys, uh, so you found out about that hunt. What did you do? What did you start? What did you guys start doing immediately? Uh, I, I think before we even started eating, we probably had maps pulled up, um, and started looking Pizza at Pizza showed up and you're still. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, food came second to us at that point, which doesn't happen. Like that doesn't usually happen yeah. very often, at least with Eric and I. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we started going over maps and just uh, started maybe throwing out some dates and just looking at looking at research and figuring out where we we're going to be and what we want to do and what we could do to make it the, the hunt the hunt we really wanted it to be. And um, yeah, it was it was nonstop from that point on. I mean, 150 group text messages a day at least. Awesome. Every day, it's like that with us. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. At times, yeah, I felt bad because I felt like these guys were putting in more work than I was because I'd come back to my phone with 60 text messages about a basin or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Have you looked at this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's addicting. Uh, yeah, we, we started, we uh, we looked at the country too, and we wanted a high country hunt. Beautiful green basins where you could see that's what we wanted. So those are the spots we looked at. Some of the ranges had it. Some of them didn't. We thought, okay, let's get to the top. That's where we're going to be. That's that's what we have to do. So we kind of narrowed it down pretty quick. Um, it's a pretty big range, though. It's a lot bigger than you think. So there's yeah. Yeah, the 30-mile do stretch in there where you had to pick yeah. out. That was where we had to kind of refine it from there, which changed, I don't know, half a dozen times probably. Yeah. So Yeah, it didn't help that there's, what, four ranges in that in that unit that – We'd yeah, spend, it's a lot of area. We'd yeah. spend two days talking about this unit, and all of a sudden we'd see something we'd like, you know, 40 miles away and be like, oh, what about this? And then what about yeah. that? And it was yeah, it was yeah. kind of a pinball yeah. effect. That's what's interesting about that is, uh, you know, I kind of went into it with the mindset that, well, yeah, there's a fair amount of tags given. There's a lot of locals that probably know the country. It's probably going to be, there's not a lot of wilderness. There's no wilderness in this <laughs> in this, uh, this draw. It's probably going to be a lot of folks. Um, but to my surprise... It wasn't like that. I don't know about you guys. We didn't I, see another person. I didn't see anybody. I saw no. I saw some guys down by the road um, yes. driving in, but mm-hmm. um, and I talked to a, a group of guys that uh, I'd actually met on a train to hunt, but they were hunting a different range, and um, I kind of left that alone, and, and yeah. they were seeing some stuff, and that was it, though. I never saw a guy once I got off the trail. Yep. So yeah, we saw a lot of guys driving around the fields. Yeah. You could see the side by sides way down. Oh, below. Yes. Yeah. Yep. We yep. ran into two guys, uh, <clears throat> that were up hiking and they were utterly shocked to see that there was people where they were going hiking. And so that made us feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy. That's the thing about Nevada is, uh, it's so unique because it's so different than what we're used to here in Washington. 
um, you get up in the high country here, you don't see roads. You can't see, but mm-hmm. in Nevada, those ranges just crop up out of nowhere and you could be up on top and you could glass way, way down. You're up in mule deer country and you're looking down on jackrabbit and antelope country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where the roads are. And you're just up top, yeah. but these ranges aren't huge. They're just, they're kind of narrow, yes. but long. Yep. So you yeah. could be up top and, and you know, the only people that you are going to see, you don't hear roads, but you may see a side-by-side if you look far enough out into mm-hmm. the flat somewhere. Yeah. So it's cool country. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've, uh, I've fallen in love with, uh, with those mountains of Nevada. <laughs> it's yeah. just unbelievable for mule deer. It's pretty yeah. doable too, for most guys. I yeah. mean, it was steep, but yeah. as long as you can get up there, I mean, for the most part, I mean, we're not, yeah. yeah. You can kind of make it how you want it, right? You could yeah. have hunted the, the mid range country and had a little exactly. gen- more gentle slopes or, even the flats, you know, there's guys that, you know, maybe they want to hunt for giants down by ag fields. Mm-hmm. You could have done that and done pretty dang well from what I hear. Um, yeah, we, saw, pretty a nice, good buck down we there, saw a nice actually. buck driving in. Did you? It was actually injured. Yeah, it was the back leg. I think someone actually shot that buck in the back leg. There was a, he ran, what, 40 yards? There was a ground blind set up right by the road. Yeah. And this buck, it was the back right leg. He was just limping around. Hmm. I think he was probably shot by someone yeah i know um you know when you kind of do your research and you talk to as many people as you can um i got a lot of feedback telling me to don't forget the ag fields Mm -hmm. don't bypass the ag fields yet kind of how we hunt is uh i'm passing those ag fields yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm gonna get past them that's for that's for other guys Um, Mm -hmm. they can go down and you know great hunt man they could pull bigger bucks down there for sure i could see it with all the feed it's just not a hunt that uh, I was really interested in doing. Really flat, probably an ambush style hunt, uh, mm-hmm. ground blind, all that kind of thing. We yes. saw more deer down there than anywhere up top. I mean, there was. Yeah, we, we drove, we drove one morning one to grab morning. water, and we're like, "Wow, this is." There's a hundred deer down there. Wow. I mean, the, yeah. you drive and they're just jumping out of that alfalfa, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa!" whoa. Standing <laughs> in the road right next to you. Yeah, it was. And that one buck is like, "Oh, he's a nice buck." And we're like, "Look at each other." This we're not a, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't, uh, we didn't drive 12 hours to go, uh, 12. We didn't drive at all. Yeah. Kelby. Yeah. It was great having him. Yeah. That was kind of nice. And you guys all piled into one rig. Yeah. 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 Yeah, We, uh, our ADD friend, Kelby, (laughs) just, I'll drive guys. And we're like, all right. Great guy. (laughs) Yeah. We all offered to drive a few times and he was pretty set in his ways on getting us there. And so it made Made time for more map work as we came in and out of service, that's for sure. Oh, that's perfect. Map or nap? <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. True. Eric's the king sleeper. Yeah. 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 So, so you guys had four four fellas on this hunt. Yep. Um, so when you guys got down there, all that map work that you'd done, I'm sure you spent a little time on some satellite imagery and all that. Did it look the same when you got there? Yes. Just a lot bigger. Bigger. Yeah. 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 It was, uh, when you shrink it down into a map and then you look at it and you're like, that range is like two and a half miles long. It's going to take us three hours to get over there with the cliffs and the rocks. And it's just like 2,000 feet down, 2,000 feet up. Yeah. Yeah. A lot steeper than I expected. But still manageable. It was. It totally was. Yeah. 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 It's always the case. I think guys get baffled sometimes or fooled when they're doing the research. Um, they'll think, well, that that's not big enough. Right. Mm-hmm. But maps always, it, it's always more intimidating when you get there. Maps yeah. always make it look smaller. Even though that you've, you've, you've hunted hunts like that, where you think 
Yeah, it's probably pretty big, but on the map, it's yeah, it's a couple miles. Then when you get there and you realize, holy smokes, mm-hmm. I'm not going to see any get anybody back there. But we were worried about that because we kind of were thinking his spot looks awesome. There's going to be five other guys up here, right? We were just so worried about that, and then when we got in there. <clears throat> I mean, there's nobody. Yeah. yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, and today in today's social media as well, everybody talks about the highest points. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. They talk about that, so you'd think that'd catch on, and guys would just go for the highest point. And I I definitely have that, you know, in my thought process is probably going to be guys there because there's not that many of those high points probably going to be a handful of that guys there that that know what they're doing but uh wasn't the case yeah didn't no i think on our way down we looked at what the probably the best two or three spots we thought and instantly said okay well there's going to be guys there because if we're looking at it saying wow look at that how many other people are saying wow look at that and so we kind of went the opposite way um and i think after a few days i think we ended up back in those first spots that we thought looked good and never saw soul never saw anybody Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah cool so how far uh when you guys parked the truck, how far of a hike in were you guys? Uh, we moved for? quite a bit the first <clears throat> three, three days. days, just kind of checking stuff off and mm-hmm. hike into a spot. Didn't like it. The first day, I think we went in three and a half. Yeah, it was it was seven and a half round trip. So, so okay. um, but we pulled up in there at what two o'clock in the morning and kicked the seats back in the truck and said, "We'll just we'll see if we can get two hours of sleep." I don't think any of us slept. Oh. Uh, maybe Jeff, because he was snoring in my ear. I was kind of <laughs> jealous of that. Um, and come daybreak, we opened up the doors, and everything looked a lot bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when we started out. And I think, yeah, seven miles that first day. Yeah. Yeah, round nice. trip, I should say. So Nice. Yeah, that's kind of <clears throat> um, a strategy I use when hunting country I've never been at is just count on the first couple, three days, learning it, driving yeah. mm-hmm. it, you know, hitting the boundaries and just checking places off that you may have in your head that, you should look at later maybe they don't look the same when you actually get there and and um you know i like i like getting to a spot and and just saying okay that's a spot i don't need to look at again so i don't have it running through my head when i'm on the mountain hunting and Mm -hmm. i'm not seeing something so uh you know i always do like to kind of drive around and spend some time it's worth it than just bombing into a spot. That's, we we drove north to south. We, drove we should have yeah. entire range. We should have done that first. That, but that I, was the, what, the second or second third, day. Second day we did that. And we should have done that. Okay, day one, just drive the range. Yeah, you know, we just glassed from the road. We yeah. said, okay, there's green up there. <clears throat> Looks like something we'd want to hunt. It's four miles. We can do it. Yeah. Let's yeah. do that if we don't do this. Yeah. Um, so we checked off a lot of country. Yeah, yeah. it was by day two or three. We literally drove the around the entire mountain range yeah just yeah, kind of yeah. figured out how long it was what looked good where we wanted to be and and Perfect. so forth which in hindsight we should have done that the first day but that comes with us learning yeah were you guys surprised at uh you know hunting high desert how green it was this year oh, it was thick too it was it was yeah uh, i i know i was i got down there I was like, man this is not like it was last year last yeah. year was brown you know mm-hmm. real dry sagebrush and this year everything seemed green it was green. It was tall. I mean, I remember, I remember glassing some basins, thinking, "How are we not seeing any deer in there?" And all of a sudden, you'd catch yourself walking through that basin, and it was sagebrush, belly button deep. And yeah. You're like, oh, that makes sense. They're probably in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're definitely in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, like I was telling you guys, I was finding mushrooms on the tip tops of mountains at ten thousand feet, nine thousand feet, where uh, I never expected to see mushrooms. Yeah. yeah. In August in Should Nevada. Not be. No. Yeah. No, it was, it was crazy. But uh, I think that's that added to the excitement of drawing a tag like that this year is um, 
just the winter that we had and the snow that stuck around. Um, this is about the best year to draw yeah. an area like that or a state like that where it's high desert. Um, yeah. You get, I just figured best growth you're going to see is a year like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got all that wet and green. So yeah, that was perfect. So how, uh, what were your expectations when you first drew this tag? I want to hear about <laughs> your expectations. This yeah. is where it gets good. Um, <laughs> Go ahead, Paul. I, I, I'd never been to Nevada before on a hunt. I've seen a lot of pictures and heard a lot of stories. And so instantly right off the top, I, I mean, I knew I didn't draw the best unit or anything like that in Nevada. But from what we'd read and from the work we did beforehand, I knew it was a decent unit. Um, and so to be flat out completely honest and just cut to the chase on our drive down, there was multiple jokes of, well, we should put some stocks on some one fifties <laughs> just for practice, you know, Sure. maybe go in there and get close and kick a few rocks and just say you did it. And yeah, it, it, it wasn't like that at all, but my expect expectations were high. I mean, it was, sure. it's, I wasn't going down there thinking I was going to shoot a one eighty, but I thought I was going to be glassing some bigger bucks than I see in Washington on a regular basis, regular basis. That's for sure. We were thinking, whether it was a buck that he was like, hey, that's a buck I want to kill, or we were thinking that 170 mark for us. Mm-hmm. Um, not pushing for the biggest deer out there, but for Secretly, a, a I was big thinking 160, <laughs> but I just let yeah. these guys. Every day I'd get pictures. Shooter or not a shooter? Oh, yeah. Five, yeah. six, seven times a day I'd get yeah. pictures. Yeah. yeah. So uh, That makes it fun. One, 170 was our benchmark <laughs> for the first half of the hunt, at least, and then we were going to slowly, gradually yeah. Yeah. drop it down. So day one, you guys get up there. What do you guys find? No water. No None. water. At least where we were. Yeah, the biologist, he's like, yeah. I told him kind of where we were looking. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's tons of water up top there. So we brought enough for, you know, the day and stuff. We're like, hey, we'll find a spring that evening. And Well, as soon as we got out nothing. of the truck that morning and I saw that hill, I knew my water was going to be slim yeah. by the time I got <laughs> to the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, what did you guys start out with? What did you guys pack in that first trip? Everything. Everything. Way too much food because we thought that was the spot we were going to be the entire time and that we were going to find water. So we had eight or nine days of food with us. Yeah. And we hiked. Yeah. It was. I had every piece of camera equipment I had. Yeah. And that slowly. It was heavy packs. Yeah. Yeah. We all had to have been pushing 65 to 70 pounds, honestly, on on the way up that first hill. And it was. It was three and a half miles to the top of the hill. There was no bench. There was no flat spot. It was it was a climb the was whole brutal. way. And yeah. now is this, a, food. is this a spot you guys had kind of um, like researched on the maps and looked for a spring, anything like that? There were there like was. four springs on Onyx, like within the areas we went, and we went to all of them, and there's no water. No water. No, no. 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 <laughs> we we kind of tried. Our first spot was like, hey, we think there's going to be guys here, so let's go over here. It's pretty similar. We, we started hiking. I mean, we didn't see any deer sign. It was just mm-hmm. like, we, we got up there and we're like, oh, next basin's going to have deer. We, it has to. We'd get there and we'd look and it was just like, we can't stalk in this stuff. It was just nasty. And honestly, yeah. the whole time climbing, there wasn't much green. It was, yeah. it looked like we were in, in the dry desert at that point. It wasn't, it wasn't green. It wasn't kind of what we were thinking it was going to look like on yeah, the way down. Interesting. Right. Yeah. So did you guys quickly kind of change areas? How many how many days did you guys spend in we that We didn't country? spend a night there. We so, left that day. Took off. Yeah, we did a bunch of glass in that night. And just with the lack of water, we knew we had to come down pretty soon anyway. Um, but it was on the hike down. that Was it Kelby or Jeff that spotted those bucks? We bumped out, what was it, a couple does in front of us. Coming down. That morning yeah. when we got to the top, we spotted a few does down in the flats. I mean, 3,000 feet below us. Um, but what pushed us out of there really was the, it wasn't green. We didn't see the deer that we wanted to see. And 
uh, a wildfire had actually started just over the ridge, right. yeah. not far from us oh. um, that day. And it was kind of burning in our direction, but it wasn't bad. But it was to the point where it's like, uh, they're going to be helicopters all over us and they're going to be dropping, you know, fire retardant and stuff like that. I was, I was thinking maybe we should hike off the hill. So that just made it even easier. Right. Now, was that a lightning strike fire? Do you I'm know? Not sure. Yeah. It's yeah, the middle of an ag field or a sage field down there. So I don't think it was a. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It looked like it could have been more related to lightning than where anybody else would actually be. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, hiking down, we saw that. That's where we saw those first two bucks. Yeah. Hiking down off the hill that Across afternoon, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 There's surprisingly a lot of fires kind of uh, cropped up down there while mm-hmm. we were down there. Um, here and there. Few places had uh, had some had some smoke. Yeah, makes yeah. glass a little little tricky. Not as not as clear through the spotter. Yeah, no. But uh, so how, how kind of where did you guys transition to after that spot didn't quite pan out? Yes, yeah, so we came back down and I think we got back to the truck that afternoon at, at three o'clock. And I think our first thought of the day was let's get these packs off our back and our boots off and sit here <laughs> for ten minutes because. <laughs> We were we went in way too heavy, thinking that we were going to be there for eight days, and that was a that was a good hike. So we sat there for a little bit and kind of figured out what we wanted to do, where we wanted to go, and I think that's the afternoon we said, well, let's just maybe start driving around this range and see if we can get eyes on something that we like and kind of mark off places that we don't like. Sure. Rather than sitting here thinking to ourselves, well, oh, what does this look like? What does that look like? Because you're sitting in one spot, but you're still looking at a map, thinking, oh, look at this, two drainages over. Like the grass could be greener. Exactly. Over there. Yeah. So I think we I wanted to get that out of our heads. I think that was all eating at us a little bit. Yeah. So um, I think that afternoon, yeah, we spent most of that afternoon driving around. Yeah. We had it down to pretty much two areas. One of them is where we went, and then one of them there was people. Um, That's right. We drove in there, and there was three camps set up, four camps set up. And we're like, no, even though they were all at the bottom, it was just like, no, let's just go elsewhere. There's places. We knew there was places you could not see anybody. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we loaded up on water, made a new game plan. Let's hunt two to three days at a time. If we have to drop down for water, um, that way we're not packing in eight days of food. Yeah. So we were just going to kind of go up, send a guy down to get food and water or two guys keep two guys glass in and and uh just keep it rolling from there so i think we hiked into the bottom we hiked about halfway at the spot we ended up at because we didn't want to waste the time again uh got about halfway in glassed up a ton of bucks that night i think we glassed up 15 bucks yeah in that area something like that and we knew there was more country that we were missing too and uh i think it was at that point we were like okay we're going to the top and we're going to hunt this. We're going to yeah, be here. We knew that was a place we wanted to spend at least two or three days and just to, to see what all it had to offer because you know, you're not seeing everything that first night. Sure. Sure. Any good bucks in that group? <clears throat> well, after not seeing any deer the first couple of days, there was one, there was one four point that we saw that was probably pushing 160. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not sure. He was a nice deer though. Really nice deer. Not real wide, but he was pretty tall. Good forks all the way around, not crabby. Um, he was everything that we kind of expected to see. As, was it, we, as we, we thought that'd thought be the typical buck we'd see. So you'd stock in on and throw a rock at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So at that point, though, I mean, we were like, "Hey, let's let's kill this deer if we can." Yeah, yeah. I think we spent the night there that night. We spent two nights on that that hillside there. But we woke up the next day and he was like eight hundred yards from us, bedded on the bottom 
Yeah, I mean, he dropped 1,500 feet, 2,000 feet He cut the distance in half to us, which was was nice because he went from the top the first day to halfway the the second morning when we woke up. Uh, And that's the day that it kind of got overcast and dropped down to like 60 degrees. And um, I don't know if that played a role in him coming down, but it went from three days at 100 to overcast and 60. I mean, we had jackets on that morning. Um, Those who packed them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So then what did you guys do? Was that, was that your play? Did you guys go after him that morning? We did. We let him bed up a couple different times. One of those smaller bucks in the group kept every time they'd stop, he'd lay down and we're like, Oh, is this going to be it? And then they'd they'd move down another 50 yards. I'm like, perfect. Just keep coming. Just keep coming. Um, I think me and Paul were kind of just sitting there like, we got so much time. Let's, let's just wait and see what happens until we know for a fact where they're at. And then uh, we'll make a play. So they finally bed down, all four of them. Um, we had eyes on them with spotter, which is nice. They were right on top of a ridge. We knew we could sneak up the drainage, jump on top of them, and work our way down. Hopefully the wind was right up there. And uh, once we, we probably let them lay for an hour. Yeah, we were kind of just chatting because it was Paul and Jeff that were going to do the stock. And me mm-hmm. and Kelby were on the ridge, keeping eyes on them, and just searching for other deer, which we ended up seeing like four or five other deer in the route that they were planning on taking around. So it's like, okay, are they going to bust out and go bust those guys out or, or what? That so, was, that was a learning experience too. Oh, Cause I it's like, okay, on that. you almost have to jump up underneath them and push them out or you keep the one in your favor and you try to sneak around them. Right. And it was like, what do we do? What do we do? So we yeah. decided to go up above them, ended up coming right down on top of them. Like there was more deer than we, we even knew about way more deer. Yeah. Eric sent me a text cause service pops up once in a while. He's like, dude, there's deer 30 yards from you. Yeah. And we're like, wait, <laughs> and, he, and he was just staring at us. It was a little four point and we look over and Paul's knocking an arrow and I'm like, don't do it. Please yeah. don't do it. <laughs> um, but he ended up blowing out right into those deer that yeah. we were going to stock uh, on. No way. And by the time he got to them though, he had calmed down. Didn't even bug him. Yeah, that's what we weren't sure because like, there was a few does that were bedded and they just started moving, working their way up. And he heard you guys, but you had the wind right. So he didn't spook out. He was looking. Yeah, we were kind of – there was a ridge that were, split us. We were just on the either side. You know, we could have thrown a rock and probably hit him as far as distance, but there was a little knoll in between us. And so he couldn't see us, but he could definitely hear us because Eric's yeah. like, he's looking right in your direction. He's but looking, yeah. Can't smell you. He just hears he hears something over there. So but. he came – yeah, you popped right over the hill and – he was right there, but it was amazing for me and Kelby watching the deer. You could see the freaking out going down and you could see him just decompress and then go down. And he actually walked straight into those, that deer bed where that big buck was at. And he just walked through, didn't say, you know, communicate with him and say, Hey, there's something going on buggy up here. And right. he just walked through and bedded down below him. And I was like, Part was going yeah. Cause like, we all kind of, uh, blow them out. we mm. kind of talked about that beforehand is how are we going to get around these deer? And if we blow them out, what are they going to do? Because, this being our first like high country mule deer hunt with the bow. I mean, we've hunted mule deer rifle, but it's different. You don't know, you don't really get the opportunity to see how they act. And so we were talking, if we blow them out, are they going to decompress by the time they get to those deer or is all hell going to break loose and this whole hillside is going to start moving. Right. Right. Um, And so that was refreshing to see that even though we kind of jumped those by the time they went a hundred yards, they were pretty chill and didn't stir up any more commotion. That happened twice. Another group of deer did the exact same thing. And they did decompress within 100 yards and just kind of walked right through their bed and nothing. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I was surprised at, and this is two years in a row, is uh, in cat country, 
because there's a lot of cats down yeah. there that they're not more jumpy than they are. They do hear stuff, but I've been in cat country before. Like if there's a cat running in some of the basins I hunt here in Washington, man, those deer are spooky. And when they blow out, they blow out fast and hard yeah. and they are gone yeah. for days. Um, but down there, it's not so much, which is surprising because there's more cats down there than, than what yeah. I deal with here. Uh, but yeah, they'll hear you and they don't just, you know, take off and go and go for days, but they, uh, they just kind of put their head up and, and wait yeah. to see you. Yeah. Shocking. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, our stock kept going. Uh, we knew we were probably three, 400 yards above them. So we wanted to get around 200 yards, take our boots off, put our stalkers on, start getting in close. Um, we used to go tennis on this trip, which half good, half bad on that. It's kind of a delayed response, but uh, we tried to keep a little communication. Mm-hmm. Kind of got us on the right path on the ridge. So wait, what was that? It was the go tennis. What's that? It's a little device kind of pulls out as like an antenna mm-hmm. and you hook it up to your phone on an app. Okay. So you can text back and forth with each other and it's not a plan either. It's, it's a $99 purchase you get two of them hook it up to your app and you can text back and forth and i think it's got a four mile range if it's clear no kidding yeah Yeah. no cell service nothing like that it definitely works but sometimes it takes a few minutes for them to come through sometimes it's immediate so i think it depends a lot on the terrain too as far as if you're if you're straight across the basin from each other it's a pretty direct line but if you're up and down and around a corner i think it has a little bit takes a little bit longer for it to find you yeah Yeah. and it's called go tenna go tenna huh interesting be perfect for you yeah 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 because service down there was surprisingly good but most it, on places, top it was, was. It's yeah. Not. <laughs> yeah on top it was great <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, yeah so go ahead so we kept going down um we treated it like because it kind of just kept rolling and rolling and rolling you could only see 60 yards at a time we're like deer gonna be right on the other side because i mean up there you're thinking they're we're at the bottom so you get up, and you're like, nope, not here. Okay, so wind starts rolling. You cruise through that next 50, 60 yards. You get to the next one, and you're like, they're going to be right here. Nope, not here. And then the Gotenna would come through and be like, hurry up, hurry up. You guys are slow. What are you, what are you doing? And I You guys are just it. being ridiculously cautious. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I look at Paul, and I'm like, I'm going to punch her. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> thought, well, the problem with it is, is that when the text would come through, they would be 60 yards further than they actually, when I actually sent them out or things would change. So that's frustrating for Jeff on that end, you know, and that's where you learn. It's just like, okay, probably yeah. not worth, I mean, they're nice, but you know, you can't definitely rely on them, not which on is stock. perfect. And the thing is we could see how far they were from the deer. And they, like he said, he thought they were within 60 yards when they were 120 or whatever. Yeah. So, so it's, it's noon time though, noonish one. And we're thinking, Dude, we don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple for, times. This I, is our first stock. I would look right, back. I'd hear beer. Jeff's phone. I'd hear Jeff's phone buzz, and I would assume it was a message from Eric, and I'd look back at Jeff, and I'd be like, you know, is he saying something that I need to know? And Jeff would just look at me and shake his head and put his <laughs> phone in his pocket. <laughs> Problem is I had Kelby next to me, and he he's like a yeah, – Energetic. He, very energetic. <laughs> awesome guy, but he just definitely – Stop, 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 stop. Like telling me that. I'm like, Kelby – they can't hear you, bud. Like, <laughs> stop. <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyway, um, they worked, but it was definitely something like, 
they probably could have used a, a little bit less. Yeah, he was getting. The problem was also it was he was getting four or five at one time when they would go through. Mm-hmm. So it's like boom, 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 boom. When I probably sent him five minutes apart, you know. So yeah, learning experience for so sure. So kind of at that point, we abandoned Gotenna. Yeah, me and Paul were like, "This is our stock. We're yeah. gonna, we're going to do it how we think we should do it." Sure. Definitely. Um, I think we got to a, a couple parts, and Paul was like, "Dude, I'm scared. Go first. Yeah, <laughs> just just go." I'm like, "Are you sure?" He's like. Dude, just go. Uh, like, my heart's beating so bad right now. So I'd go up the next five yards, and I'd turn around, like, all right, we're good. Come on, let's go. Because you'd get to those little shelves, and it was like, you know, you can see 40, 50 yards at a time. And I'd get to a shelf thinking, all right, I'm going to step right here and be able to make this shot right below me. And I'd be sitting back there feeling my heart pump. And I'd be like, all right, Jeff, just peek over and tell me if I'm shooting or not. <laughs> there <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> yeah. So we kept doing that. We got to where we had one rock that we knew once we were there, that's where the deer were. So we kind of were looking, and it looks a little different, but we're like, that's got to be the rock. It's got to be it. And the wind's coming at our face, but kind of out of out of an angle. We're sitting there, and we're sitting there. And that was right about the time that Gotenna decided to work, and a text message from Eric said, oh, you're about 80 yards out. And I think it turned out to be, what, maybe 30? 30. Yeah. yeah. So when we, they got it. Yeah. yeah. When they got it, they were at like... So we were at 30 yards. I got a text saying, oh, you're 80 yards out. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. I mean, we'll work... I could see the little ledge that I wanted to get to, and at that point, with him saying I was 80 yards out, I was like, those deer are going to be just off this ledge. I was like, I might be shooting 25-yard tops right down on top of them. It's going to be perfect. And I stepped around to the left of a tree right there, and I caught a three-point walking through. And at that point, I looked in front of me, and I said, that's the rock that I was thinking it was but didn't want to believe. Um, and it turned out they were, what, 30 yards, and we didn't even didn't yeah. even know it. At that point, hmm. we'd gotten down a little too far. One of them had fed up, caught our wind, and... Uh, once he blew out, the whole gig was kind of up, and they... They still didn't really blow out. They kind of, I mean, they they, they walked off, off but they, yeah. they didn't stop. But, I mean, they weren't they weren't blowing and running and all that until five minutes later, once the ones went out the bottom, caught us. They kind of figured out what was going on. But the buck we were after, he, he didn't really blow out, but he knew something wasn't right. But hmm. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, um, I could see a problem with Gotenna. Already. Big time. When there's a delay. Because if it's not immediate and the guy's saying, oh, it's 80 yards and you're now 30 yards, you think Mm -hmm. you got more than you you have. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely abandoned it after that. It was just kind of (laughs) Yeah. At that point, we knew that we'd we'd still use it, but we knew it wasn't going to work in the the way we had intended for it to work. Sure. Sure. And we learned, too, like not relying on like taking an extra 10 minutes to get your landmark set before you go taking pictures In a picture on the foot. Yeah. Of that. I think that would have helped us out a lot. And I think we definitely learned big it, time. It's on amazing that. too, how much stuff looks different when you at get a different there. angle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely true. I mean, you, it seems like the more stocks you've gone on and as years go by, that's the one thing that bites you more than anything. Yeah. You get over there and you realize I did not spend enough time, yeah. you know, not just one, landmark but two or three or four yeah we yeah. picked out that one rock as a landmark and then we got but down that's where there the deer were that's where yeah. the deer were and then i think when we got to in that area there was four rocks that looked just like it. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. but we yeah, did taking it taking a photo helps yeah. um yeah it can help um I've, I've gone to that on certain occasions certain basins it really helps out yeah maybe on a ridge line i don't know it, it might be a little bit different but uh yeah that was I, another thing too we thought the ridge would be more defined but it was pretty wide right. i mean you look at it at a thousand yards and you're like oh the deer right on top of the ridge looking Perfect. straight yeah, we're gonna go to the top of the ridge we're gonna walk right down on top of them and then you get up there and you're like 
it's a hundred yards wide. Uh, yeah. So if, I mean, if we would have come down twenty yards to the right, money, yeah. we would have seen them before they saw us. It would have been perfect. Yeah. So that stock is blown at that point. Where do you guys? Uh, where do you guys go from there? You guys. Well, I think we, at that point, we hadn't given it up yet because yeah. they actually started feeding again. And we were thinking, hey, we could drop down, run around the other side, feed them to the top. Maybe they'll feed right up to us. And then we looked at it and we looked back at where they were and we're like, that's a lot farther than it looks. So we yeah. kind of watched them for, I don't know, probably a half hour. Yeah, some weather started to roll in. Started to rain. We didn't have any food on us at that point. I think we had one bar. Um we just like, you know. Let's so you, you two had dropped your packs. We did up top. Up top, yeah. Yep. yep. Okay. Dropped our packs, dropped our boots. And that was the, that was another decision. It's like, are we going to wear our, our stalkers and try to go down and around and up, or are we going to spend the 15 minutes getting back to the top of the hill to put our boots on right. and come back down the hill and go <laughs> chase them? So uh, we ended up actually just going back to where we were camped on the ridge um, and trying to set up another game plan, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that was a dilemma I had this year. Was uh, I started on a, in on a stock, and all of a sudden, when the stock started, everything was peachy. The weather was good, you know, it was nice. And then uh, about mid stock, you know, hour and a half, two hours later, all of a sudden, the wind kicks up. Yep, the rain comes in, and total rookie mistake. I should have known better, but I left my pack in a spot where it could get drenched, and my shoes. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I know I made the choice to back out, go back up because I had everything in that pack. Mm. My yeah. cameras, everything was in that pack. So, uh, that was a big mistake on yeah. my part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That also helped in our decision was when the, when that weather came in, the wind would be perfect for a minute and all of a sudden it would just totally switch. And I remember Jeff and I looking at each other saying, that's, that's not really a gamble we want to take because yeah. it was, it was swirling good at that point. And so that helped. We still had decision. hopes that they'd be in the bowl or the basin, either that draw or the next one over that next morning. Yeah. So we're like, let's let them rest. They don't, they don't seem too spooked. We'll get on them again, right. is, is, was our thought. So what did we do after that? I think we went back to the, we went back to the ridge we were camped on, told these guys kind of what happened, and that's when we kind of figured out the whole Gotenna thing and sat there and talked about that. Um, I think we got some food and water. At that point, because I think we were pretty, we were pretty wore out. There was some good. I mean, we had to drop at least fifteen hundred feet in elevation just to go up fifteen hundred feet in elevation to drop down on the deer, and then ended up going back to our boots another fifteen hundred feet, and then <laughs> back down and back up to camp. So we were putting our work in. So I think at that point we got some food and water and just tried to figure it out. Um, is there any more deer in this in this basin we haven't seen yet? And we kept eyes on those to figure it out if they were going to stay in there that night and bed down because it was four or five o'clock at that point. Uh, we knew it was going to be getting dark in the next couple hours, and so we we spent that evening just watching them, seeing what they would do. And they they stayed pretty much right where they ended up feeding mm-hmm. after we pushed them out of there. And we had high hopes that they'd be there in the morning. Yeah, was it the next day that we? Because most of the deer we saw were kind of up on this. It was like the highest part of that range, actually. Yeah, and we knew that there was a trailhead that kind of led up to that peak. So that's when we. So when yeah. we changed directions, went around the mountain range, and then hiked up, and that's where we ended up, right? We did. Yeah, we stayed there that night, and then that morning we woke up, we watched those bucks feed over the top, um, and at that point, that's when we made that decision. Let's mm-hmm. head back down to the truck, um, and then drive around, and then hike to the very top, because we were kind of mid-level, 
uh, we wanted to be at the top after after seeing what we saw in there and watching what the deer were doing and where they're going we made the decision let's go around to the backside and hike to the very top and let's see if we can set up there for two or three days and so that's kind of that's the route we went and that was day four i believe four or five one or two well we didn't like stalk until day five yeah true so that would have been day six day six yeah <laughs> so <clears throat> how many stocks would you guys how many stocks did you actually have on your entire trip would you say paul Three. Three stocks? Three okay. stocks. We could have done more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was, they glassed up a couple. One was an old two-point, really big cool. heavy two-point. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a cool buck. It was late at night, and we were glassing probably, I don't know, 500 feet below him. And that was day two, right? Yeah. That was day two. So at that point, we were still thinking, oh, this is going to be what we want. We just haven't found it yet. Yeah. yeah. So I'm curious. Um, now, you said you, you haven't done a whole lot of archery deer hunting. No. You've done some rifle deer hunting. Yeah, the archery deer hunting I've done over here is, you know, it's ground ground combat, essentially. It's sure. thick as all get out, and you're 20 yards, so you're not yeah. really putting the stocks on like you are there, where all of a sudden you have 160 yards without a tree in between you and the deer. So were you surprised at how your uh, your heart rate got all jacked up? Mm, I knew it would. <laughs> I told these guys going down, I was like, I know what it's going to be like already. I mean, I can feel it. Um, so it did exactly what I thought it was going to do. It was just I wanted to be able to maintain it once I was in that moment. And sure. So, um, and that's kind of why we were joking on the way down. I opted to bring Jeff with me, even though he was filming. He's a little more calming than Eric. Eric could be just as excited right next to me. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just send it. Yeah, yeah, just send it. Exactly. Send it. So, uh, no, I was definitely, I was definitely amped for every one of them. Yeah. Um, that first one really helped though, because we, we went slow, but we could have gone slower, but it was nice to see how slow you can go. And actually, even though we bloom out at 40 yards, I felt like we were being loud and going fast and we were being quiet and going slow. So it was nice to get to that 40 yard mark. And, uh, I remember Jeff turning around and saying, Hey, we, we got to within bow range, no doubt. And so mm-hmm. that was, that was nice. Cause it was probably both of our first stocks, even though he wasn't hunting, it was our first time dropping in on mule deer like that right. in that open setting. Uh, and so that was nice to see that we can at least check that off the list. We can get in bow range and we're sure. being quiet enough. That had to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was definitely confidence. Yeah. I mean, if you can get in bow range, you know, some things, wind and all that, sometimes it's out of your control. You know, yeah. it's yeah. that time of day where it switches or whatever, a storm comes in, but, um, yeah, that's probably a confidence builder right there. That's yeah, my it first was. Stock. Too. Paul said, you know what? I now have the confidence we can do this. Yeah, sure. I mean, every little crack under your foot feels like it's a grenade going off. But you, <laughs> you just have to remember, with that being our first time, it's everything's everything's loud. Yeah, and so, so I, I heard you say, Jeff, that uh, you guys got the stalkers. We did. Yeah. We got Nowatney's stalkers, the, yeah. the Rimrock stalkers. How'd those go for you? You know, I've never... I guess I don't have a whole lot to compare it with other mm-hmm. than just like wool socks, but sure. being able to slip them on, they're comfortable. They feel tight. I mean, we'd it's look like at to go other. over your pants and like kind of yeah, keep everything tucked your pants up. in and, sure. and you can keep everything tight. Um, Especially in that train down there. I, mean, I think it was a game changer. There's not us. much down there that doesn't try to poke you. Yeah. And so that was my question yeah. is, uh, there's a lot of cactus down there. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones that you don't see when you're stocking. Yeah. yeah. How did those treat those uh, we rim rocks? Never felt we never one. Stepped never got one. I never and, stepped and on a cactus. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, goat heads, you know, the little the little tiny guys, those, you never felt those. I, like I said, I never stepped on a, a visual big cactus. But I know I was stepping on a lot of stuff that wanted to poke me but never felt a thing. So. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, that was nice. Cool. Yeah, I've, um, I've said this before. I've, I've – uh, 
I've looked at those stockers. Those things look sweet. I mean, you know, they tighten everything up. And um, I'm still running those old hippie five fingers with the oh nice with the uh, the vibrams. Yeah, the yep. little vibrams, man. Yeah. I, I got I don't <laughs> even know how many years I've had them, but uh, they immediately went from just wearing them around the house to uh, going in my pack for stocks. And then the a wool thing... sock on top of that. And that the only oh, reason was because idea. I got the the sissiest feet. I mean, I'm right there. My with daughters you. run around <laughs> in the driveway with rocks. I have no idea how they do it. I'm right there with you. These dude, guys. I, I got back to camp, and these guys were watching me through the spotting scope, and they're like, "Dude, I saw you kneel over a few times. What was going on?" I was like, "That well, was definitely a sharp rock." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I. Uh, sometimes I'll you know I'll forget something out of my truck, and I got to go out to the driveway. Um, I used to risk it and say, "Oh, maybe I won't step on a rock." <laughs> Now I don't even risk it, man. I'm putting shoes on. It's just, uh, it kills me. I got, I got the weakest feet ever. So, um, I've gone to those with a big heavy wool sock and it keeps it pretty dang quiet and I don't have to worry about, yeah. you know, yeah, getting it's a good idea. bent over from a, a sharp rock or a stick or a cactus. Yeah. So the last thing I want is a cactus in the bottom of my foot and it getting infected yeah. on a long trip. So I think Eric found a cactus on that trip. I did that. The night I was glassing up that two point, I was just, we were going up and around and felt something stab my leg and looked down there was like 40 in my leg and it's like oh, i just kind of kept going <laughs> we we're glassing the bucks and i was this kelpie was watching i was kind of pulling them out and they stick in you good though yeah they were they were pretty good yeah, yeah. right on so uh i'm curious um since you haven't done a whole lot of that what were the biggest lessons you came away with on um not just the entire trip but uh I'm sure you learned a few things on those stocks that you were able to uh, get in on those bucks. Yeah, I think I probably learned on stock, probably more on stock number two, um, honestly, than I did. The first time was just a confidence builder that, okay, we can get within bow range, and you don't have to be necessarily as quiet as you thought. Um, but stock number two was uh, day seven. seven. Woke up in the morning, we were kind of camped right on the ridge. Uh, so we walked up to the top 40 yards and started glassing and spotted a beautiful three-point, heavy, heavy three-point. Um, and at that point, we hadn't we hadn't necessarily said, you know, game on for any, any buck we see, but we all looked at this buck and said, that's probably the second or third best buck we've seen. Um, and I'm a character guy more than I am inches, and so the fact that he was just big and heavy, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a buck that I, I see a lot of beauty in. So Jeff and I decided to drop in on that, and that was probably at what, 8 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was eight between eight and nine, I think. Yeah, he bedded 150 yards just below our camp, really, uh, in, a, in a pretty big, steep basin. But he bedded looking downhill against some sagebrush, so the sage was on his uphill side. Um, and so we walked down the ridge. So a does bit. that mean the thermals were still dropping in? Had he bedded? The sun was down? up. The sun was up at we that had, point. No, it was over, and we waited until we knew our wind. We could tell it was going straight going up to back us. Up. Yeah. I think we sat there for 15 minutes maybe and watched it kind of play back and forth before it, it made the this, this steady switch to just coming uphill. Um, and it was open. So we, oh, were, yeah. we were sitting there like, hey, if we can do this, this just proves a lot. And we yeah. were, we're kind of hesitant at first because it's like, as soon as we go over the top of this, he's going to be able to see us. But where he had placed himself, it was like, okay. We should be able to maybe get within a hundred. It was our thinking. Um, so we started dropping down, and we were like, "All right, let's get to that bush, and then let's let's range him, let's blast, let's see if he's moved, let's see if he's alert or anything like that." 
So we'd move five, ten yards, and uh, we're going through a boulder field. So we'd go, you know, and I'd be like, this rock's good. Don't touch this rock. This rock's good. We'd kind of tiptoe out, and you'd feel one shake, and you'd say, <laughs> mm, that's not the right rock. And so you'd, you'd shimmy your way through there. And I think we spent most of the time probably on our, our butt, probably sliding from rock to rock to rock. He'd, I'd hand him my, my bow, and he'd hand me his camera, and we'd just, we just worked our way through there. Um, but that was probably the toughest part there, but going oh. back to that first dock, I just kept reminding myself that we can be a little bit louder than you think. Mm-hmm. Although at that point it sounded like grenades were going off again. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we were within a hundred yards pretty much of him, the whole stock. Um, but we had to work across and zigzag around to find the best spot. Um, so once we got through the boulder field, we were in, you know, some sage and some broken sticks that were there from God, who knows when. And we'd look at it in front of us, and we're like, that looks bad. Let's go back up, and let's go around. So we'd Looks go back bad as in noisy? Yeah. Yeah. So we'd go back up, and we'd find a better path, and we'd get down, and we'd get down. And I got to, I think it was around 80 yards, and I was like, I don't want to screw this stock up for Paul. I was like, I'll film right here. It's completely open. There's no way I'm not going to get it. So he's like, okay. So he starts going down by himself. And he gets into 42 yards. Probably took him the next... 45 minutes to an hour to go 40 yards and I'd watch him and then he'd get, oh, yeah, I'd want to get, I, I wanted to get to 60. Binos. I wanted to get to 60 and I <laughs> yeah. think I left Jeff right about 90. And so I, I got to 80 and I was like, all right. And then I would work into 76 and I'd stop and pick out my next line and I'd work into, you know, 72. And every time I'd take two or three steps, I'd drop two or three yards on my bow on my single pin. And I just kept working and working and finally got to, to like 50 when he got to 60, he looked at me. He's like, I'm at 60. And I looked at him. I said, keep going, bud. Just yeah. keep going. <laughs> yeah. And so at that point, I was like, well, I got nothing to lose. I'm either going to get into – I'm going to get where I want to be or I'm going to blow it. It's going to go one or two ways. And so uh, I just – I kept taking two or three steps at a time. And I finally stopped at, I think, 42 yards, I think, uh, 41. And I kind of – I ran out of room at that point. Every good line I had was above me. And so when I got to that point, I was like, I, I, I could get closer. I don't necessarily need to be closer. I'm pretty comfortable right here. Um, and I would have had to have made a lot more noise than I was comfortable with getting any closer than that. So I decided just to kind of hold up right there. So we sat there for 45 minutes. And I'm Again, sitting there and I'm looking at every No food, rock, no water. Every rock behind me, around me. And I'm like, I've seen guys do this before. Like, <laughs> so I'm looking at Paul kind of re- trying to read his body language. And I can tell he's kind of like, it's going to be a really long day. So, I was getting uncomfortable. I mean, it was so steep the way I was standing. It was just, I was, you're uncomfortable after five minutes of standing in one spot. And, right. you know, it wasn't so much that we didn't have food, but we didn't even grab a drink of water that morning. <laughs> and it's blowing, it's windy, it's hot. I'm already nervous, so I've already got cotton mouth as is. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. <laughs> makes you want to cough, makes you want to clear your throat. And so you're trying not to do that, which is making it worse because you're 40 yards from them. And so after 45 minutes or so, I remember looking up at Jeff and I, I just held my hand up like this and I was like, grab a rock and throw it. And the, he just lit up like a light. He was so excited because you could tell he'd been thinking the same thing for probably the last 15 minutes, but he didn't want to tell me. Yeah. And so we did that. Yeah. Go for it. We, uh, I grabbed the tiniest little <laughs> rock. I'm like, oh, this, I gotta be careful, you know? Sure. And I throw it like a hundred yards away from him and I throw my binos up, doesn't move. And I'm like huh okay so i grab a bigger rock and i throw it doesn't move and i'm like looking at paul and he lets his bow down i'm like i don't know dude 
She's like, do it again, do it again. So I pick up a bigger rock and I throw it and I throw it into the boulder field. So when it hits the boulder field, it's doo doo, goo, goo, goo. Right. I see this buck's antlers move like two inches. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there's no way. So I grab an even bigger one and I chuck it. And he kind of throws his head a little bit. And then I see him like lay down. Like I see his antlers just <laughs> lay down. At this point, I'm frustrated too because every time Jeff throws a rock, I'm drawn back. So that's probably what, seven rocks at this point, And I'm drawn back every time. And so instant adrenaline dump. Right. I go that's to draw be back exhausting. and I'm holding it for 15, <laughs> yeah. 20 seconds after he throws away from the stand up, nothing. So I let down, <laughs> look up at Jeff and I'm like, my heart's beating like crazy every time you do that, dude. And so finally I just held up both my hands and I was like, get something big that might make too much noise at He's this point. He's not a care in the world, man. He rolled that thing down the hill and it went a hundred yards and I could literally just see his top forks and he just turned and looked and he's like, hmm. Wonder what that was, and then just turn back. Jeez, at this point, you got to be thinking I could just walk down there and yeah. push my arrow into this. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking. I was like, that, I could walk right up to him because whatever I'm going to do is the way less quieter than these yeah. rocks. So Paul ends up grabbing a rock, throwing it like 15 yards behind the deer, and it was like softball sized. Deer doesn't budge, and we're like, "What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to wait six hours for this guy to move." So we're sitting there, kind of dumbfounded. Probably another 10 minutes goes by. Yeah, you threw seven, and I threw three rocks, at least. And I was 40 yards from them, and I was frustrated at that point. So I was like, I got nothing to lose. So I started throwing my own rocks. And, uh, yeah. But then Paul said he could feel the wind. It had been going right up his sleeves the whole time. He said all of a sudden it got warm. He felt the wind on his neck. Yeah, I had a bino harness and a hat on. And standing there baking in the sun for 45 minutes, making as much noise as we wanted at that point, I was like, well, I'm going to take some of this off. So I took my hat off, took my neck gaiter off, my bino harness off, and no later than two minutes after that, I felt the wind on the back of my head, and I was like, "Mm, this isn't going to be good. And it probably switched for five, six seconds at the most, and mind you, we had perfect wind for almost three hours at this point. Right. And he didn't even stand up to give me any part of his day. He... I saw him. I saw his antlers move pretty quick, a quick, quick movement, and I drew back at that point. And right as I started drawing, he didn't even stand up. He almost rolled out of his bed yeah. straight downhill, Jeez. just blew out, got to 150 <clears throat> yards, and then stopped and looked back. And he had no idea that we were even there at that point. He never even knew we were there. And I thought to myself, "Don't you want to see what might be trying to eat you after throwing <laughs> ten rocks at him?" You know. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, oh he, man. He blew. I mean, he ran out of that basin. He blew the entire time. Yeah, and it was so, just like, yeah, there goes. Every I mean, I knew deer. we stunk on yeah, day seven. Yeah, I knew we stunk, but I didn't, think we, I didn't think we. I didn't think we stinked that bad. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that was kind of demoralizing. That's... I got back to Paul. He probably sat there for three or four minutes, just kind of watching him keep <laughs> running. What the heck? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah it sounded like a perfect scenario. When yeah. all he needed to do was stand up. All he needed oh. to do was stand up. And after drawing back nine times, I think, every time we'd throw a rock. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, with adrenaline dumping each time, I was I was wore out after that point. I needed to sit for five minutes and just take everything It took everything us probably in. 15 minutes to hike 100 yards. Yeah. It was like baby step. We're like, I've got nothing in me right this yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. yeah. And Jeff's a mountain goat. So when I see Jeff going slow, I feel a lot better about myself. But <laughs> mm-hmm. watching him go up that hill, I knew, okay, he's feeling just as not as good as I am right now. I mean, we were, we were right. going hand in hand. So that was kind of nice. But it took us a while to get back up out of there. That took some that took some wind out of our sails. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't oh, say man. that because that was only our second stock. But I think we had high hopes for that after we'd got into 40 yards right there. And he didn't have a clue we were there with perfect wind. It was. Yeah. It felt like it was going to be a chip shot at that point, but 
we were uh, we were humbled pretty quick. Yeah, I've seen you shoot. Forty yards is uh, nothing for you. <laughs> <laughs> I shot. I got to shoot with you at the Northwest Mountain Challenge. This year. Yeah, that was a great yeah. time. That yeah, was like, for sure. That was perfect for where we were. Yeah, to get used to that and get ready for that. Yeah, that and living in Central Washington, we have Reds out there. The, the mm-hmm. archery range at, at Reds, which is everything's either uphill or downhill. With it's windy, it's dry, it's the desert. So. That was a lot of confidence boosting right there, too. Yeah, I know you guys have done a lot of shooting and a lot of preparing and, and were yeah. completely ready for a style hunt like this. Yeah. So what came next? What was uh, what was the next big stock? You guys said you had three stocks, four stocks? Yeah, three. I think the next was our that was our last morning. That was day seven. We went back knowing we, had, uh, we so, had that evening and the next morning. I know this came down to the wire. You guys had a set amount of days. Yep. Uh, I think you guys, some of you guys had to be back to work. Was that day eight, nine? That was the morning of day eight. And I, we actually extended that. I think I had six going down and then I, I got service down there and called him to work and was able to trade shift. Um, right. And so we had, we knew we had eight morning hunts, which would have left us seven evening hunts. Um, and so the morning of day eight. Let's we, go back to the night of day seven. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> So we got back, oh, that's right. and everybody is just – I could just read everybody's face. They're like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm cooking a mountain house. Screw you guys. Yeah. They're like, there's a really good dinner you know, back in town. I was and like, well, I wasn't ready it? to go back, but Kelby was ready to go back a little bit, and he had to work the day after that. He did. Wife you, you was just, at home. and yeah. People were like – that's going to be hard to beat. He's blowing the base. Just a little out. bit demoralized after. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, what seemed like a perfect yeah, yeah. opportunity. Yep. So we, uh, it was probably a half hour of that, and it's like, dude, we're not leaving. Yeah, like, we've got tomorrow. Let's, yeah. let's stick it out, and everybody's like, okay, fine, let's do it. Um, so then night seven, there was not a whole lot of movement in there. Um, I think there's a few more jokes about we could make it to uh, yeah, the nearest town. A few more town. jokes. Hey, felt like it was kind of blowing. We could out be at in Boise point. by midnight. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that was right about the time I got your text that said hold on to the ninth and I was like, All right, I was yeah. like, We gotta we gotta we gotta stick this out. Yeah. So then woke up the next morning. Uh I think you guys we all kinda went up just right above camp and there was not a deer in the whole basin. I mean we didn't see a single deer moving. I hiked up to the top, I saw one buck, but he was two miles away. And I'm like that's a lot of cliffs to be going and navigating mm-hmm. around. I was like, that's going to take us four hours to get there. So I came back down and I'm like, what'd you guys see? And I see Paul running up to the ridge and I'm like, he's got to have something, right? He was going back up. He had looked up at me, saw me coming. He's like, I better give it one more look. So he goes up. I felt bad. I was like, Jeff's out there hiking around looking yeah. for a buck for me. You know, there was many times during that hunt that you would have never have guessed these guys didn't have a tag in their pocket. Right. Cause they were putting in, as much work as me, if not more. I mean, Jeff Jeff took every step that I did. He probably took more going, oh, I'm going to go to the top of this real quick and glasses for you. Um, and so I felt guilty right away. I saw him coming down off the ridge, and we're, we're burnt out at this point. Morning of day eight, it's been hot every day. We got blisters on our feet. We've all fallen. We're tired. Our pack's been heavy, and it's not complaining. It's just everything that we wanted it to be, but it wears on you for our first big backcountry yeah. eight-day extravaganza. And so... I saw him meandering his way off the hill, and I was like, I gotta, I can't sit here and keep packing up my tent. I was like, I gotta spend my time looking. If he's looking, I should be looking. Um, so I just, our bags were packed, actually. Jeff got back to, I saw him coming off the ridge, and yeah, we taken, we, we, we took, his, <laughs> took his tent down. We yeah. took his tent down, all of our tents from our backpacks. 
Uh, my backpack, my bow was strapped to my backpack, and I was packing up some him and his stuff. And when I saw him coming down, like I said, I was like, I, I got to look over the ridge. I just got to check one more time. And that's when he spotted, what, there's three deer over there? Four. Four? Yeah, four deer. Four deer and nine or ten horses, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and they were kind of all intermixed with each other, really. It was the first time we'd seen the deer hanging out. With the horses. With the horses, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um. And what really caught my eye is I, I glassed over there, and I couldn't make out what they were because they were quite a ways away. But one of them was a real weird color. It was like a charcoal charcoal black color almost. And so I actually yelled back at Eric, and I said, hey, grab the spotting scope just because I want to I want to get a good look at this deer's color. It's kind of cool. Um, and so Eric walked up with the scope, and that's who Jeff actually saw running up the ridge. We put the scope on it. We're like, oh, yeah, it's a little fork and horn buck, and it's got some good cool color. And we were just sitting there kind of looking at that, and... That's when Jeff walked back into camp and he goes, oh, let me look. And he goes, oh, dude, that's a buck. And I was like, yeah, we, we, we saw that. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. well, uh, we're, we're going. And I was like, I'm not going to say no, obviously. I sure. was like, yeah, you want to? He's like, I think we can do this. And uh, at that point, we kind of talked about what the wind was doing. And there's 10 horses over there with the deer. And we didn't really know. We, we, we got to with one about 120 yards of the horses a couple times. And they never ran. But they definitely didn't like us being there. And so that crossed our mind is how are we going to get close to them with that many horses? Um, and at that point, Jeff's like, oh, we'll figure it out when we get there, I guess. And so <laughs> I went and unstrapped my bow and kind of started from there. I think we grabbed water, camera, bow, and went. Yeah, a rangefinder. And at that point, it was like, hey, we don't have to do a three-hour stock. Let's. We had nothing to lose. Like I said, mentally... We were, maybe Jeff wasn't, but mentally us three were pretty well, not, not checked out. You were but, cooked. Uh, we were cooked and we, we thought the mountain had won and we, we didn't have a, we didn't have a problem with that. I mean, we gave it a lot of what we had and we, I wasn't going home hurt with our, you know, I was thinking, okay, the mountain won fair and square. I mean, I put my stocks on, I put my time in and, and they, it beat us, but we're learning and sure we gained a lot from this. And so to go on that stock that time at that point after mentally we'd kind of checked out was like, well, we got nothing to lose. Let's Probably roll. a lot less pressure. Yeah. I mean, it's like you'd yeah. already kind of given yeah. it up. Like, yeah. well, the mountain won. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of a more kamikaze relaxed. stock to start too. Cause we were like, do we hike around and waste another 30 minutes going over the top? Or do we just kind of run the face in the shade here? And we're like, they're 800 yards. Let's just go for it. It's not a, if it was 180, every precaution would have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But little fork and horse, so we were like, let's just blow through this. We were running we'll, through we'll shell. We'll get on the other side once we get there. So we cruise through the shell, and I'm glassed the whole time, and I'm like, I never saw them pick their head up. They, they, said didn't know. they did a couple times. A couple little times, but it wasn't like, oh, what the heck said? It was just kind of, hmm. There's not two Clydesdales running across the side of the hill. Exactly. So it exactly. Like. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So we were just, hey, they're not, they don't care about us right now. Let's just go, go past them, get on the other side of the the saddle there, and we'll sneak down on them. And that's what we did. We got to a spot. We couldn't see them. We knew they were right below us. Um, they had fed closer to us, which was nice, away from the horses. Uh, they were in that same kind of terrain like the first stock was, where every 40, 50 yards you'd go, you'd be able to see an extra 40, 50 yards. But beyond that, it was so steep it would drop off. And so you kind of just had to work the hill in increments. and Just a bunch of sage, just open sage. Yeah, and We, we kind of knew where they were. I think we got to a point where Paul's like, I'm, I'm too scared to stand up. Let's yeah. Just... It's like if I stand up, they're going to pinpoint me because, I, I mean, I can see the top of their ears, and we're on a bald a bald face ridge, and I was like, if I stand up, they're going to they're gonna pinpoint me. And I was like, we're 
pretty much stuck here unless they keep working our their way up to us. So we made the decision. Paul said, let me know when you're ready to stand up. And I look at him and I said, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, at that point I was like, I got nothing to lose. What was he, 60-something yards at that point? Yep. Yeah. And so we, uh, I had the range finder. I thought Jeff was going to buy me an extra two minutes before I had to shoot and make a decision because well, he was actually, be fiddling with the camera, but that wasn't the case. He, he said, uh, he goes, I'm just going to give them like 10 minutes to see if they'll feed up here. And I look at him, I go, they're not coming, dude. I go, it's now or they're going to end up working their way away. So he's like, all right, just let me know when you're ready to stand up. And I go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, we, he drew, I stood up, ranged him, threw the camera on real quick and Paul put a good shot and uh, watched the deer do a front flip. Took off front. He actually broke both front shoulders. No kidding. Yeah, mm. he was kind of arms were back a little bit. I think he got bottom of the heart. Steer went twenty yards, nice. laid down, was done. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, awesome shot. It was a, so you were back watching this whole thing. Eric. Oh yeah. yeah, me and Kelby were up on the ridge. <laughs> oh man, it was just crazy watching because. The they they thought I was a lot farther away than I was. It looked really. like they were a long ways away. And we're like, oh, those deer are gone. And I'm watching this deer. Before this, not to interrupt, but to talk about how we were kind of mentally checked out. Like I said, there was about 10 horses there. And they're kind of whinnying and neighing that noise yeah. they make. And these two knuckleheads. Well, Kelby, I, I have bad hearing, so I talk louder. I'm probably really loud right now. I talk louder. <laughs> I've turned I you down a little bit. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my bad hearing and Kelby, same deal. We're, we're 700 yards from them at this point, but yeah. they don't realize we can hear them because they're on top of this ridge. We can hear their conversation we're on just top talking. of a rock with two <laughs> And they can hear, supposedly. Uh, yeah. I mean, and but what we could hear, which them. they didn't realize, is these horses that are whinnying and neighing, they're so checked out that we actually could hear them singing, watch me whip, watch me neigh. <laughs> imitating these horses and me and jeff were looking at him like we're gonna kill you guys like do you not realize i'd see him look at me through the binos and i'd you know put my finger up to my mouth like be quiet and they're just having a great time up there you know talking about the steak they're gonna get when we get back to town and (laughs) so that was going on but yeah that's Uh, that's about the point when i looked at jeff and i said "I, i have a feeling we don't have much time i was like we gotta we gotta make this go so we stood up and made the shot and yeah, broke both shoulders, and he didn't go far, and that's when... Yeah, well, me and Kelby were up there, and we were... I think I was watching Paul, and then I looked at the deer, and I was like, oh, they're busting out. And the buck was the last one. It was They were kind of bedded underneath the tree. They stood up, and Kelby's like, oh, his rack got caught on the tree or something. <laughs> and then I'm watching this deer through my 15s, and I see him do a front flip. I'm like, oh, and then he stands up real quick, and there's just blood pouring out of him. I'm like, dude, that had been like a 150-yard shot. <laughs> And then it ended up not being that, but just our viewpoint, it looked like it was really far. And, yeah. it, and it wasn't. It was just – and I've seen Paul shoot. He's a great shot. So yeah. was, that's right in his – And it was funny. It was so steep. And when I hit him, he, he spun so quick and front flipped. He actually front flipped behind one of the only trees on the whole hill. Yeah. And so I couldn't see him. And at that point, Jeff and I were we, – we heard it hit and I knew it. I saw it hit him. Um, and I knew I put a decent hit in on, but I didn't know where it was at. But it was those guys' reaction yeah. that I could tell. Okay, I don't need to knock another own yeah. run down the hill. Like sure. he's he's sure. he's done. Um, and at that point, yeah, it was just a lot of hooting and hollering. I think these guys probably kept singing up on that hill. And <laughs> Jeff and I shared we were some fired hugs. Up, man, it was awesome. Had some allergies kick in. The eyes yeah. were watering, <laughs> and it was uh, it was it was amazing to already be in the mindset that you're going home kind of defeated, right? Um, and then to have that happen is something that I mean I don't know if I'll ever get the the pleasure of that again. But no kidding. I think you should probably kind of share 
what we dedicated the hunt for too. Yeah, when I drew that tag, uh, my dad had passed away seven months ago. He passed away back in January. Uh, and I remember sitting in Mod Pizza. I drew that tag, and these guys were like, "Dude, this hunt's for your dad. Let's let's do it." Um, and so we were all for that, and we were kind of had the mindset there. And there was a few things that happened where Jeff's like, "Dude, that he's like, it's like you're looking out at your dad right now." And it was it was awesome. It, it felt so good to be there um, and to be where he wanted us to be and we're hunting how he always wanted us to hunt and we kind of put everything together that he'd worked with me on for so many years that um he would wanted to wanted to have seen us accomplish yeah um and i spent quite a few years making fun of some of the bucks that he took when he was you know probably my age (laughs) some of the bucks he shot back in the 80s and early 90s that were little fork and horns and stuff like that they'd be hanging in the garage and i'd be like dad did that buck still have spots or (laughs) You know, was it, did it have a milk mustache? And he'd threaten me in some sort of fatherly way. Yeah, sure, and, uh, sure. And it didn't even hit me until probably 20 minutes after what happened. I looked down and I said, oh my gosh. He's like, that's the buck that I've made fun of my dad for for the last 26 years. Right, right. And I was like, well, he he obviously got the laugh, laugh, the last laugh on that one. And <laughs> Definitely. I, at that oh, point, man, at that point yeah. I wouldn't trade that buck for the world. That's when it set in that, you know, he may only be... 26 inches he's a small fork and horn but yeah. uh, at that point he it was monumental to me it was it was we always say that you know it's it's not a trophy buck but it's definitely a trophy moment well that was exactly what that was i think for all of us i mean the expression yeah. that i saw on these guys and yeah. and eric and kelby like i said they worked just as hard as i did right you know they did everything except for make the shot um but it was it was a well i don't want to say deserved we didn't we didn't necessarily deserve it but we earned it Sure. Um, yeah. And so that was, that felt, that felt awesome. It was probably the hardest hunt that any of us have been on. Yeah. Uh, you know, physically because of how steep it was, how much weight we were carrying, just the conditions and, and mentally by right. far, you know, to be, like I said, checked out going home. No kidding. Um, yeah. it was, it was, man, unreal. that's, that's, that's incredible how that worked out with your, with your dad after dedicating the hunt like that to him. And yeah. And then sure enough, yeah. Getting a forky. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, it was, it was a full circle going down thinking, oh yeah, you know, oh, Jeff, man. literally Jeff's exact words were, we should probably put some stocks on some one fifties <laughs> just for practice. And we're, sure. Yeah, dude, totally. That makes sense. And then to come out the way we did, it was, it was by far the most humbling hunt ever. Oh, yeah. but so I don't, I don't think that anything better could have happened to us at our, our point in our hunting yeah. career. That's probably exactly what we needed. Oh man. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I love hearing stories where it comes down to the very end, Yeah, you know, for, um, you know, maybe inexperienced or just younger guys that are just getting into bow hunting. It comes down to that so dang many times. And it, it's like, I don't know what it is, but you work, 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 work. And then like I mentioned a thousand times is bottom of the ninth thing is it just happens that way. And it's yeah. almost like you, you do deserve it. You, you earned it and then you deserved it. And yeah. that's, and that's what it came down to. Yeah. And yeah, I think that, uh, I guess I think that text meant a lot more than you probably realize, but us growing up sports, playing sports, you know, you, you can win a ball game in the bottom of the ninth. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, you can look at hunting the same way. And yeah. so that was, that I was agree. definitely it's, a walk-off home run in my book. Yeah, for sure, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah, I remember texting you guys that, and um, it just man, I was I was really really rooting for you guys and hoping you guys would pull it off there at the end because I know it was it was a long hunt. You guys spent so much time and, and effort up there working on that, and, and finally to get it to pay off at the bottom. I mean, literally the last minute the last, of the hunt. The, the last minute. I mean, they had yeah. to Jeff Almost. and. Or Eric and Kelby actually had to unpack my bag yeah. to bring it down to me to, oh, uh, to pack out meat. It to was pack awesome. out meat, and it was yeah, it was just it was humbling, and it was by far the the best hunt that probably any of us have ever been on. And just from my point, I mean, 
taking these guys with me and dragging them down there. They've got full schedules. They've got sure. girlfriends and kids and you name it. And to, to bring those guys down there and go through what we went through and come home empty-handed as we thought we were going to was – it was – I don't want to say demoralizing, but it, it weighs on you a little bit, you know, you feel yeah. it. And so to, to, to come out of there with, you know, not necessarily a big buck, but a, a buck with some meat in the, in the back, right. uh, it, it made it all, all worth it. It, it was, I, I wasn't ready to accept that we were going empty. Sure. No, there's That's... no way. He wasn't, he wasn't. I mean, I, I literally told Jeff once we got down there, we were hugging and, and talking and I was like, dude, honestly, I, from the bottom of my heart, I would not have shot this deer if it wasn't for you. Right. Uh, and I could tell he felt that because like I said, I, I was looking at the deer because I thought he had a cool coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he walked up and he's like, "Let's roll." There's and some I was antler like, on the top. <laughs> yeah, of that exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so no, it was uh, it was awesome. Well, that's incredible. I mean, just that's a testament to uh, good friendship you guys all have together because uh, yeah, the the time investment on a hunt like that when yep. you know these other three guys don't have a tag in their pocket but they're going along just to help you. Yeah, that's uh, that's something special. And that's not you know a lot of guys would not do that. I tell these guys sure. often. I think there's a there's a lot of people out there that couldn't buy what we have as far as how well we get along and how well our personalities mix when it comes to hunting and right. We're pretty selfless. I mean, there's been times where we're literally saying, "No, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. No, I'll shoot it." Yeah. You know, like it was. It's yeah. You couldn't buy what we have, and uh, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, a lot yeah, of people spend their life. You could tell me that as much as you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good yeah. dynamic, um, especially where early in the season here and you guys will probably have quite a few hunts coming up and um be interesting to see how the rest of your season goes but man just that's it's so uh so it 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 gets me excited just hearing that because you guys now have that confidence going into the you know all these other hunts where i mean face it we all have struggles we have Mm -hmm. hunts that take go way harder than we thought it would yeah. Um, you know, where expectations in the beginning are always super high and then they just kind of slowly fade, mm-hmm. but then to pull it out in the bottom of the hunt like that, just at the very end, I mean, now you just know it can be done. It can happen at any point. It could happen all the way down at the end. And that's just a, such a huge confidence builder for, for guys. Yeah. I love it. Definitely. Yeah. That's perfect. It was way better than shooting the buck on the first stock. Yeah. Even though that was the biggest buck we saw. Think of all the lessons you guys learned compared to shooting that buck on the first day. Yeah. Not only, like I said, I, you know, not only because I relate that to so much of my dad and what we kind of dedicated this hunt to, but just what we learned and what we went through together. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that's there, you couldn't put a value on it. You couldn't put a price tag on it. It's going to propel us farther forward and it humbled us the way we needed to be humbled. That's for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's Uh, perfect. We were hungry before this and I think now our appetite's even bigger. So, and it gains a a huge respect, right? I mean, you know, I think a lot of folks, uh, you know, you pull a Nevada tag. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be a gimme. Yeah, it's going to be easy. Well, that's what you think? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, there's a lot of bucks down there. You watch yeah. guys like you go uh, yeah. 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 Oh, here's a 200 inch. Yeah. Here's a 200 inch. Well, it's just like there's no easy hunt out there, and um, and archery will humble you every time. We quickly realized that, like day two, we're like, oh, dude, this is it's gonna be. It's a hunt. Yeah. Yeah. You, you think about it on paper, you're like Nevada, big bucks, lots of them. August, early archery, they're out in the open. This is going to be a cakewalk. We're, sure. we're coming home with a deer. And then day eight rolls around, you're like, gosh, dang. Yeah. We suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's not it that. It's just conditions and yeah. terrain and, and uh, so many things can happen and, and humble you. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of not so much we suck, but. You know, this is a lot harder than yeah, a lot harder than we thought. And we knew you were, 
you know, six ridges over as a crow flies, glassing sure. something up that's probably more than that tone. So, <laughs> not going to lie, I was that, not that, that far weighed, away. Yeah. That weighed on us all, too. You know, we're sitting here grinding away, and we're like, oh, you know, this is little fork and horns. Like, what do you think Lampers is looking at right now? Well, <laughs> so, one of the nights, apparently, you snuck into camp. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. How did we miss this? Yeah, Eric, I think it was. Uh, that was on that ridge. Christina. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. probably why yep. there was no deer that morning we woke up. Yep. So <laughs> probably. I we all go to bed and uh I can hear, Hey, get him underneath me. Get him out of here. Get him. <laughs> and I'm like I'm just like trying to piece everything together. I'm like, all right, I know we sleep talking because he does this a lot. I do yeah, I sleep talking. So a we're lot. sitting there and I hear so Paul this is say Eric something to me. Like, talk. This is Eric, yeah. What are you yeah. talking about, Eric? I'm in the tent with Eric, but yeah. Eric and I have spent many nights together and he <laughs> doesn't sleep talk a lot unless he's on like a mountain. And so with as much time as we have tented together on the side of a hill somewhere, I'm fully aware of he's yeah. gonna tell me something in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, so Paul starts laughing at him and he goes why are you laughing at me? It's not funny. As I'm sleeping. No, he actually said, he make it even better, why are you giggling? Why, why are you giggling right now? This isn't funny. So apparently, Ryan Lampers snuck oh, into camp yeah. and put bees under. So yeah, I, I thought that there was, there was a hole in the tent and there were bees coming in. I was, I don't know how I vividly remember this, but I remember kind of being half awake, half asleep. And this is just our schedule, like at work, that makes me do this. But I remember like putting my hand against this, thinking bees were flying in and stuff, and swatting the side of the tent. <laughs> and I think it's because when we shot the mountain challenge, we were talking about bees and how you're yeah, definitely allergic to definitely it. And I don't allergic. know when I was sleeping. We were hunting the same mountain range. I hate bees. <laughs> I wasn't that far away. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, it was the weirdest thing. And then, yeah. and it wasn't was, the only night he slept talking. No, it was no. just the funniest by far because with you being allergic to bees, of all people to put them under the tent, you did it. And yeah. his, how mad he was at me for ah, not caring because I'm just laying there sleeping next to him laughing. Jeff's laughing at me because he knows I'm just tucked into my sleeping bag getting a kick out of this whole thing. And Eric's trying to plug the hole in the tent with all the bees coming in and hit me at the same time to wake me up because I'm not caring. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was bad, man. man. It was and bad. Kelly's tucked into his puffy with his hearing aids yeah yeah and of yeah. course the next morning when you when you wake up you let eric know what happened and none of that happened <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> we're crazy and you know <laughs> uh, that's hilarious yeah. i think that's the morning he woke up and said why am i sleeping like sideways in, the, in this tent and i was like well you you were doing a little beekeeping last night <laughs> oh, oh man that's crazy. it's terrible no yeah. kidding wow lots of laughs up there for sure yeah, yeah sounds like that. i wouldn't trade it for it's uh well that's perfect man what a great hunt you guys had um i'm so glad to hear it ha it panned out and happened the way it did I mean, yeah. you guys got to be ecstatic about that so yeah. cool guys well man that was uh that was pretty interesting hopefully a lot of guys get something out of this story and, and get to hear it <laughs> at least you luck. know maybe some laughs oh yeah for <laughs> sure for oh, yeah. sure i hadn't heard about that dream yet this is the first time <laughs> Oh, well, that's good. Well, cool. Is there anything you guys want to wrap it up with um, as far as this trip? Uh, I think I think what we got most out of it was how, how humbled we are and, yeah. you know, how tough that mountain really is. Is You know, we, we knew yeah. going in it was going to be hard. And like I said, we had eight, nine days of food and 160 ounces of water. And we uh, we quickly learned that that probably wasn't the, the right choice. Right. I think my biggest thing I'd like to say is hunt how you talk about the hunt before you get there. Yep. Not necessarily the spots. You might need to switch spots. But if you if you talk about a hunt and you're like, hey, we want to hunt the top of the ridge. We want to hunt 
high country, three miles from the road, away from people. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, it's too hard and you give up. And you're like, oh, we could settle for yeah. here. We could settle for that, that wounded four-point, that alpha yeah. film. Yeah. Alpha. Right. I, I think yeah. right. that, you know, there's plenty of people out there like us that are new, that are trying to do it, trying to get into it. Hunt how you want to hunt. Yeah. And don't give up on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, you had messaged me that. Um you know, you guys didn't want to go drop down and, and chase all those, you know, no, you think you said it. he saw a hundred deer or something down in the bottoms, but you guys wanted a classic high country style mule deer hunt. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got. Yeah. That's and it's, got. that's exactly what we got. And it, it, we, we, there was talk about, you know, that four point down there that was wounded, I think as conservationists, we all didn't like seeing that. That sure. all kind of sat in our stomach wrong, but we, uh, we, we wanted the hunt that we'd picked out. And we, at that point, you know, we uh, we we were hunting where we were for the hunt that we wanted for sure. Yeah. Rather the outcome. I mean, I think we were all totally okay with tucking our tails and swallowing our pride coming off that mountain, saying we didn't shoot a buck, but we had the exact hunt that we wanted. Yeah. Um, and to to take a buck. Yeah. And have the hunt we wanted, even though he was no was no uh, trophy as far as inches goes. It it couldn't have gone any better. Sure. Perfect. Well, man, thanks for sharing that story. This is pretty cool. Sit down. Actually, I never, I hadn't even heard it. You know, I heard little bits and pieces and, and yeah. got to see the photos. A lot of stuff, people will say, oh, you shoot a buck? And I'll say, yeah. And they'll ask for a picture and I'll send it. And it's, I just let the picture go and let them see it. And it, it's, yeah. the story's too long to explain. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to get this out at least so people kind of right. know the backstory of it. And will there be a video? I guess that's the big question. Yes. 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 Awesome. Looking forward to seeing There won't that. be as many deer on it as we thought there would be. <laughs> or as many stocks. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. It'd be good, though. It's cool. tough to awesome video story. deer from a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely going to be a video. Yeah, there's some video. There's some good pictures. And there's a, there's a, scoops, there's a deer uh, at the end. So that's, yeah. that's cool. You awesome. Know, we're not coming home with just sunset shots, although yeah. they were gorgeous. No kidding, right? <laughs> oh, it's amazing up there yeah. when you're on top. You get to see it all. Yeah. yeah. Cool, guys. I appreciate this. Um, Thanks a lot, and uh, yeah, we'll go with that. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening to the Hunt Harvest Health Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Visit our website at huntharvesthealth.com for more podcast stories and recipes. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hunt Harvest Health. You can also message me at stahealthyhunter, that's S-T-H, And I will be more than happy to answer any questions you might have. Also tag your photos, Hunt Harvest Health, or Get Stealthy, as we enjoy seeing what you guys are doing as well.